0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by chef and yoga instructor, Tracy Berry. Tracy and I had a great conversation covering a range of topics, starting with nutrition and continuing on with how we maintain our bodies so we don't get injured all the time. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Tracy, thank you for joining me today. How are you?
1: I am doing very well, thank you. And I'm so happy to be here talking to you today.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. I think we're going to dive into some really good things that our listeners can get a lot of good value from. But before we do that, who are you?
1: My name is Tracy Berry. I am a certified chef, a personal trainer, and a yoga instructor with focus on meditation and pranayama or breath work,
0: I love that very just mix of things because it's so many different aspects of wellness that just interplay together really nicely. So um, it's really cool that you do all that. What I really want to dive into to start out today, though, is the chef side of things. Because I know a lot of what you do is helping people, one, keep it simple, but two, keep it simple and still keep nutrition in the meals and not letting things, um, become over, overly processed and lose all their nutritional value. So I would love for you to kind of talk about that and explain how you go about doing all this. Sure.
1: That's actually been a focus for me for the last 10 years. I went into culinary school, not really just knowing I love to cook and not really understanding maybe why I was there, but it's, it presented itself to me as I went through the program. We took a nutrition class, uh, two of them actually, when we were in school. And when I graduated, I immediately ended up teaching said class. So my interest became even, you know, even more intense, more involved because now I had to have all the knowledge about nutrition. So it should be noted that I am not a nutritionist, but I had a definite focus on nutrition and not necessarily, I mean, I have a really good understanding of what people should put in their bodies, but my focus is more to keep the nutrition in the food. So that would be focusing on the type of cooking method that you're using, such as maybe avoiding deep frying Uh, Going to more towards baking, you can make a lot of things that are deliciously deep fried uh, in the oven. You know, if you just use a little bit of a different cooking method. So for me, I like to try to stress to people that eating healthy doesn't mean that you have to eat the cardboard package or something that tastes like it. It's, you know, that's why. And if you're not a good cook, that's why chefs exist. So you you can really make wonderful things. One of the one of the tricks that I like to use to demonstrate to people is the use of something like Greek yogurt in the place of sour cream. I don't want to hate on any particular product. If you love sour cream, of course all things in moderation. I am not a huge fan of you know things that are low fat. If you you know the label says low fat, I I prefer to eat the whole unprocessed kind of thing. So, but a big big swap that you can make that's really easy is something like Greek yogurt because there's not a big difference between Greek yogurt, which is double strained, has twice the protein of regular yogurt and far less fat than a sour cream. Put it on your baked potato and I promise you won't notice the difference.
0: That's a great substitution there. Uh, I'm, I'm curious on... I have my ideas on and my opinions on, you know, why the full fat is better than the low fat, but what's your, what's your mindset behind that? For me, it's always the extra processing that goes involved. I
1: am a big proponent of, you know, if your grandmother, or your, I guess more your great grandmother now <laughs> ate it that way, it's probably better for you. It's just like how we went through the whole thing with the butter margarine situation. It was, you know the butter was so bad for you. We should eat the margarine, and then all of a sudden it was. Oh wait a second, the margarine's not really that good for you. Maybe we should stick with the whole food and eat the you, I don't know, eat the butter. Hopefully nobody out there is eating the butter, but you know using butter to put on things. Um, I I just believe that the way things were done way back when is is much better than all the processing that goes on. There are people that disagree with me. I'm perfectly okay with that. But for me, for my body, that's what works. Mm-hmm. I actually love that.
0: And, you know, I've, I've read a lot over the years and researched a lot over the years, as far as what happens when we process food and everything and all those chemicals. But I really like that framework of, yeah, eat what your grand, your great grandparents, like you said, now nowadays with when processed food came out, like eat what they would eat. Cause that's true that, you know, they didn't really have the processed foods and they would have been eating the whole food of things.
1: Well, again, when I went to culinary school, I had a more of an understanding and appreciation i was i always tell people and it, it sounds kind of like you know arrogant but i was you know—I was a good cook before i went to culinary school but i had just a much better understanding of my grandmother was an incredible cook i knew that and her food was good but she used things from her garden she made everything from scratch and we don't always have always have time for that now but you can kind of do a half and half you know you can purchase maybe um a, a pasta that's homemade. There's all kinds of good, wonderful craft products out there now. And I don't mean the brand name, I mean small batch. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, maybe add your own sauce to it, something like that. Not everyone has time to cut pasta of their own. But, you know, I, like I said, just a, an understanding of what that whole food really means. Mm-hmm.
0: What else can we do from an ease perspective? Cause I know a lot of people are busy parents. They're running their kids around to all different practices and have their games and all this stuff. And so we don't always have time to make meals necessarily, or we don't think we do. Uh, what are some like really simple but healthy ways that we can say, make a meal in 10 or 15 minutes? Stir fry.
1: That's the biggest one for me. Um, You know, I used to prove this to people that we had a Greek restaurant that was pretty good just up the street from us. And my kids would love to go there, but I would let them, you know, know I can they you know, people sometimes just like the idea of going out. I could make the same meal that they were we were going to get at the Greek restaurant in a half an hour. And again, okay, now let's be fair. You know, I'm a trained chef, but People can do prep for themselves. So you don't have time every single day. I get that. I was a busy mom at one time, you know, driving kids here and there and everywhere. But what I used to do was uh, I would pre-cut vegetables and I would section them off in the, in the fridge. My kids would have the grab and goes if they wanted. Now here's again where you maybe you need to purchase a dip for them so that they, they will consume the vegetables have cut up fruits available. But the other thing with having the cut up vegetables is, you know, a couple days in, maybe you, it takes no more than 20 minutes to make a really really quick stir fry and, you know, bang, you've got a a really healthy meal because as opposed to like, you know, boiling something where you're putting all the nutrition into the water. And if you're boiling the vegetables, you're everything's staying in a pan all the nutrients are staying right in there. So I think having a day to do just a little bit of prep for yourself and not worrying about doing it every single day, trust me, you'll love yourself midweek.
0: Yeah. I, I've come to realize that I'm very slow at cutting up vegetables and that's like the most time consuming part of me cooking. Like once it's in the pan, it goes by really fast.
1: (laughs) So it's not a big deal too. I've seen so many amazing products now where The cutting is done for you and they're flash freezing a lot of stuff. So if it's, I would say, if you're going to purchase something that's already prepared, go with frozen because it's frozen at the peak of its nutritional value, as opposed to something that's maybe sitting on the shelf, but they're making all these incredible products. Sometimes to me as a chef, it's offensively good the way that they, you know, they can take care of all this stuff that I normally get paid to do. Um, buy the frozen and really don't feel bad about that. If you're getting the nutrition in your body and your family into your family, fantastic. Definitely, uh, you know, use what's available.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. And, and uh, I definitely do use a frozen occasionally, I kind of keep a couple packages in the freezer as my just in case I run out of time on things. So it is super helpful.
1: Yeah, I think we need to cut ourselves a little bit of a break. Like if you're making those little, cho- the smaller choices to, you know, do something a little bit healthier for your body, by all means, go for it. Yeah.
0: When it comes to grains and carbs, I know there's a lot of different thoughts as far as like carbs are good, carbs are bad, that part of it out of the discussion. Are there, like if you're choosing a rice or a bread or things like that, are there certain types that are better than others? Profoundly,
1: yes. Anything that still has uh, a bran or a hull on it, anything that's got... So what happens is when they strip, say, a rice of the hull, they're stripping it of a lot of the fiber. And they're also doing some heating in the process. So it's taking away some of the, some of the nutrition as well. So if you're eating white all the time, you know that you're not getting the potentially the most nutritional value that you can carbs we know you said you know we're not going to have that disagreement we need carbs especially if we're active busy people Um, but what you want to do is not have the simple carbs because if you're eating the white bread the just plain white rice that's going to go through you not give you the kind of energy that you're looking for not give you the kind of digestion that you're looking for I hope nobody finds it inappropriate but i always call those things colon scrubbers like the stuff that they leave on is the stuff that you need and it it's um stuff that's lower you know on the glycemic index that takes longer to burn your body needs that if you get the stuff that's already been processed well your body's going to burn through it a lot quicker some of the digestion's already been done for you so you get that nice energy spike fantastic but what about the long haul and i always go for things that um like quinoa, I know quinoa has been kind of overpublicized, maybe, but it there's a reason for it. It's fantastic. The people have been eating it since, well, I don't even know. I'm, I'm not going to pretend I'm a history buff and tell you how long, but I've been to brew where they've been eating it forever and ever. And the diversity, like there's so many colors and wonderful flavors. To me, when you can get protein from a plant, plus, you know, you get the digestive, you get... All of the nutrients that are involved, even better. So, really, I think what I what I would like to see people do is just instead of grabbing what you're used to, that box of rice, maybe look beside it. Is there amaranth? Is there some quinoa? Is there something that you haven't had before? And maybe you hate it, maybe you love
0: it, but why not give it a try? Mm-hmm. I absolutely love quinoa. That's if I'm going to eat something rice-like. That's usually my my go-to. I'll still make wild rice and brown rice occasionally, but my go-to yeah there's a lot of people that
1: are afraid of it that you know the the quinoa group that don't really know how to what like I have a lot of friends that are afraid of quinoa and I'm just just a second just let me let me put it on the plate just try it right I've never I don't think I've had very many people say like absolutely not I would not eat that it
0: depends on how you prepare it yeah very true the same thing with rice too like it can be very bland or you can yeah. In it and... Make it exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would love for you to talk a little bit. Cause you, you kind of started mentioning a little bit as far as your colon and your gut and everything. Um, but when we, I know when we strip, take it down to the white rice, white breads, things like that, we lose the fiber when we aren't eating those vegetables, when we're eating like more of the juice form, we're losing that some of that fiber too why is fiber so important for that gut health?
1: We have to keep things moving because all of that stuff has to move through your, you know, I love talking about colons and intestines. Go for but it. That's what, that's <laughs> what keeps it. Like the juices are so important when you're, I used to juice and then I would find, you know, all of the pulp that's left over in your juicer. There's not, I have nothing against juicing, but I could never stand, knowing that I'm leaving so much behind. i tried making crackers out of it. It's not the same. So the juice of the vegetables or anything that we're eating, that's like a hit to your bloodstream right away. It gets, it gets distributed, but everything else has to, and has to move through the colon to keep things moving, to keep things, you know, healthy and Coming out the other end, this is such a good conversation right now. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, oh wow, love it. <laughs> so glad I tuned in. <laughs> um, and then like the stuff that doesn't break down is super important because it's going to, if you eat something like a chia seed, that is going to, it expands in your colon and carries things along with it on the way out. So again, that's why I call those colon scrubbers. And as it's moving through your colon, you're still extracting benefit from it. So yeah, really important. Like, like I said, juicing, drinking, cleansing, all wonderful, you know, fantastic things. However, you need to keep your colon moving and not everyone can handle everything we're talking about. There are people that have specific diets, um, take care of that. Make sure I know I have a lot of friends, a lot of clients that are, um, you know, have certain sensitivities, I and mean, we you just eliminate that stuff. There's all there's always a, good, a better way to go.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's great to point out the food sensitivity side of things because we are not saying all foods are great for every single person. No,
1: absolutely not. And I'm not even saying you know all people should love all foods. I just think just you know try by process of elimination, and especially I like to see people trying things they've never tried before. There's nothing more exciting to me than you know, somebody sitting down with uh, tofu and they, they tell you they hate tofu. And I'm like, well, but did you actually try it like this? And, you know, people end up loving it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm sure there's some things that would be put in front of me that I would never eat, but for the most part,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's normal food. Like I'm always willing to try it once. There's definitely things I've eaten in the past. that's like, eh never again. I don't like the texture of it or, you know, whatever, but can't at least, you know, you can never say you don't like something if you don't try it. Yeah. I,
1: um, I feel that way. This is a little off topic, but I was, uh,
0: in China
1: and somebody put abalone in front of me. And I don't know if you've ever seen abalone mm. before, but it does not look like something that you should eat. It's, uh, it's a rarely slimy and kind of greenish looking and, it was absolutely one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life, but the, there's the sight of it was like, no, I don't think I'm going to, you know, going to like that too much, but yeah, you have to try, you know, and I, I know as a, as a person who's really interested in food, I obviously try things that maybe other people wouldn't. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let's take a quick break now to talk about OS first compression and bracing. It is commonly known that compression helps with circulation. We see that medically, decreasing your risk of blood clots, we see that on flights, using compression to decrease swelling, and even with racing, a lot of times we'll see it with decreasing or improving our circulation there as well. What you might not know, though, is we actually decrease the fatigue in our feet and legs when we use compression while training. Why is this? The added compression actually helps the muscles fire faster and better. So that means all those little small muscles in your foot and lower leg don't have to work quite as hard when you do every single thing you do. Long term, it means you get to perform better for longer. So check out OS First Compression for yourself test it out, see if you get those amazing benefits that I notice for myself. You can head over to osfirst.com to check out all of their amazing products. And if you use code getyourfix at checkout, you can save 15%. You can also head over to getyourfixpt.com slash partners, get a direct link to osfirst as well as see all the other partners that I have some discounts for. And now let's get back to the conversation. Well, let's switch. Well, actually, before we switch gears, anything from the nutrition standpoint that we haven't talked about that you would think would be really important to bring up when it comes to like just keeping nutrition in food or ease of meal prep? Um, keeping nutrition in food is a big thing. I'm going to say, bake as
1: much as you can uh, eat raw when you can, or when, you know, when it's suitable for you. And then I'm a big subscriber to the 80, 20 rule. Everyone, well, not everyone, but I'm sure most people know what I'm talking about. You eat as healthy as you can 80% of the time. And when you need treats, you take them. However, make sure they're good. Like I always tell people not, you know, Halloween chocolate from your kids under your kids bed that's been sitting there for six months. When you need a treat, treat yourself, either make it yourself or, you know, chefs exist in the world for a reason, something that's that's really going to make you feel like you've had a treat and then feel good about that, move on and just continue on with your, you know, 80% of the time eating well but and grilling, roasting, baking, all of those things, try to move more to those rather than say deep frying. Awesome. How, um, do you use the air fryer? on that note? Do you use the air fryer much? Or? I don't, I, I fry for myself very little. However, I do have really good friends that eat very, very well that use an air fryer. And I think they are a fantastic product.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've never used one, but same thing. I've heard a lot of people talk about them and They seem like they're really good products from a health standpoint when, with cooking. Yeah. When you're
1: using a tablespoon of oil, rather than each of your French fries, absorbing a tablespoon of oil while you're deep frying it. I I think definitely if, if I'm not, the only reason I don't have one is because I don't have a lot of specific appliances. I'm very basic. You know, I like to make things jump in the pan by hand. So that that's the only
0: reason I think they're fantastic products though. Yeah. Definitely makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Well let's switch roles a little bit to your more yoga instructor movement side of things that you do. Um, I know a lot of what you do with with your clients and with the education that you put out is around how to not get injured all the time and how just to be like healthy bodies essentially. What sort of things are you focusing on when you're working with people and to to address that issue. I think you said it right there. It's maintenance.
1: So my focus really is for, I mean, it's all people, but uh, for people who are 40 and over, because not necessarily a community I belong to, but community in general, I find that people let their health or their physical activity fall by the wayside. And it's really important to keep body's moving. I do a little program for myself in the morning. I have five days worth of workouts normally that it's not my, my regular workout. It's my maintenance workout. I have a little bit of back issue. I have a little shoulder issue because I'm 52. So things, I mean, you know, things wear out a little bit after a while, but it's just like having a car, you know, you got, if you take care of it, it's going to keep going for you. So I maintain as much as I can. I have like Um, a little back strengthening routine. And I'm not talking about something super strenuous. These are very light stretching, light strength exercises. I do, I take 20 minutes every single morning. I am very fortunate in that my 74 year old father has done the same thing for his entire life. I, well, I shouldn't say entire life. I'm going to say since he was at 30 ish and I watched what it's done for him. And I hate to admit this, but at 74, he's still a much faster runner than I am in incredible shape. So I have that to look to. I know, I know what this can do for people. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: With what do you see as, you know, the people you worked with, or maybe just you yourself, what you've experienced? What have you found to be like most beneficial? What types of, exercises or movements, I guess, have you found to be most beneficial when we're talking about just staying moving, minimizing injuries? So for the general population,
1: I don't want to be a hypocrite here. I'm a runner and we all know that can be very hard on your body. I just finished a 24 hour relay with a team of four people this past weekend. That could be grueling. So that's what I like to stress to people. Um, I love hiking. I love walking. It's not that you need to do these extreme things. You walking is absolutely by far the best thing you can do for yourself. So if you're looking to maintain health, weight has never been a focus for me. And I don't if it if it is for people, that's OK. But I it's not something that I stress for me. It's getting your heart rate up just a little bit. And people hear heart rate going up and they think cardio and they think, spinning class and they think somebody yelling at you to go harder and that works for some people i'm going to say for the general population and the people that i would love to see get moving it's not going to work for them you should be i should that sounds very preachy but walking would be the best possible thing for you and of course i'm a yoga instructor if the word yoga frightens you then just think of it as stretching movement so doing a walk whatever it is for you three times a week. If it's 15 minutes, it'd be great. If it was a half an hour and then two days of stretching and maybe a little stretch once you're finished,
0: it's as easy as that. Yeah. The beautiful thing with, with yoga, at least in my opinion is it's very, it's very individual as far as, you know, I, you don't, Push into a movement that you can't do. Let's just do what you can today and see what you can improve on over time. And it's it's nice that it's there's nothing forceful about it. It is just more of that stretching positions, postures. That's really
1: important what you just
0: said. I have, in my yoga training, so
1: I've been doing yoga, I think, for about 25 years. I think that's about right. Um, I've been to some yoga instructors that are definitely of a different school of thought than I am that are, this is the way the posture is done. And the only way the posture is done. If you are in a class like that, I'm going to suggest that you find a different class because yoga should definitely be about what works for your body. And if, you know, if somebody, and my biggest thing with yoga, you have a yoga mat I always tell people stay, consider it your island, stay on your mat because there's going to be someone beside you that's maybe much more skilled than you or somebody on the other side of you that is maybe not as strong as you just stay within your own focus. That's what yoga is all about anyway, Mm -hmm. and do what you can do and don't worry about what anybody else is doing. And even if like most instructors these days will say, you know, I'm going to offer this to you or you know, you try this and if it doesn't work for you back
0: up and don't do it and and just be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing you you did point out and I, well, it's, you didn't directly point it out, but it's something that I was thinking about, as you were saying, as far as you did the 24 hour event, but you also were talking about the walking and the hiking. And, and I think it's important to recognize that, like regardless of what level of athlete you are, we still need both perspectives in a training week. We need those hard, grueling days, but we also need those easier, lighter, active recovery days too. I
1: couldn't agree with you more. And you know what? The word perspective is really important there because, okay, I just did a 24 hour relay in within the relay. I ran 50 kilometers, Um, One of my teammates ran 50 and two of them ran, I think, 54 or 58, something like that. So I have friends that I do other activities with, like curling, which hopefully everyone knows what that is. Now, those friends are active as well. They're active walkers. They, you know, they do some strength workouts, things like that. But they think that what I do over, you know, the running is just crazy. Like, why would you even do that? So the perspective part is really important. Yes, you need to push yourself but you need to push yourself so that you're still enjoying it and so that it's comfortable for you. And I say, enjoying that while, you know, while you're in the midst of a really hard cardio workout, you're probably not having the most fun, but at the end of it, I always, I mean, the endorphin rush itself is worth it. And the other thing is too, I just said, I did this with a team. I have found incredible community in kayaking, curling, running, skiing, Finding a community is really important. It can be the difference between you wanting to show up the next day and not. I love an inclusive um, environment. One of the running groups I belong to has three different groups. When we go out every Sunday, we go trail running. There's a walking group. There's a kind of, you know, running group that's not that fast. And then there's a really fast group. And you might even move between those groups during that day. But, yeah, it's got to fit for you. Your, Your intent might be a little different than someone else's. Like, For me the triathletes i hang out with are all really intense
0: (laughs) i'm not one of them and they always say yet (laughs) right exactly really funny talk about perspective uh back this is probably 2017 2018 did our did a ragnar with the team his first time any of us had done a trail one and afterwards a couple of them were just like i am never doing this again and then the next day she emails me. She's like, so are you in for next year? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it's Like, this all I night. need is a day away. And then you're like, I'm going to do this again.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so around four o'clock in the morning. So they keep the music bumping the whole time. So you think you're going to have a rest. It's raining. The music's bumping. And yeah, I, I had my four minutes of sleep. And then I had to go and do my next loop. And I was like, yeah, I'm never doing this again. Again, like, just like you said, two days later. So yeah, are we signing up? I got the pictures back. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, let's dive into you and your running a little bit. And just one, I, this isn't something that I even asked you on the call before. So I have no clue where this could go when it comes to you, you're running, um, just kind of what's your story when it comes to like, what injuries have you dealt with and how have you gotten past those?
1: Okay. So my story is this, I started running because, so I've always, always been interested in fitness. I used to get up in the morning when I was like 16 and there was this thing on TV called the 20 minute workout. And it was like girls in like, you know, those little, little, um, aerobics outfits. And I would get up before school in the morning and do those. And then, yeah, I mean, I haven't always been super fit, but I've, I've always been interested. So when my kids were younger, one of my sons started running, I think he was eight and he had an incredible running coach at his school. They went to a great school and all three of them started running and all suddenly I was like, well, this is like a family thing we could do. So what I did was I wasn't a runner at the time. Uh, There was a 5k loop really close to my house and I started walk running it. So, one minute run till I couldn't anymore kind of thing. And then I would walk for a few minutes and then, you know, continue on like that until one day I didn't have to walk. So you keep, you know, the times that you walk it shorter and shorter and literally 15 years. That's what I did. I only ran 5k and I said, I would never do more than that. And then I had a friend who was actually the coach that brought my children into, into uh, running. And she was, uh, an ultra runner, which I didn't even really understand at the time meant that she ran like a hundred miles at a time. And I had, would have no grasp of that. Me and my 5k. She asked, she invited me on a racecation and we went to Minneapolis, uh, which was just cool in itself. And then, but I thought, well, if I'm going to go away, I should probably train a little bit and maybe up the ante. So I was, I did a 10 K but right after this was like some kind of super starlet race, there was a 2.5 that you could do a 5k and a 10 and you would do them all at this, not the same time you'd stop and then you would do the next one stop and do the next one there's a half an hour in between. And I did this 10k my first 10k ever. Woohoo. And right after half an hour later, I did a five and I got the best time I'd ever gotten in a 5K, which to me was really mind blowing. I'm not a competitive person. Like I, I like to self-achieve, but I'm not going to look to this, you know, beside me to try to win or anything like that. Mind you, I think that might be changing. So after that, it changed for me. Then it was, well, if I can do 10K, I can probably do 10 miles. And if I can do 10 miles, I can probably do a half. I can do a half. I can do a full. Now I'm like maybe I can go back to doing a half. <laughs> <laughs> so and I keep talking in kilometers, which I could probably switch that. I should probably switch that to miles. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's yeah, that's me. And yes, it has been. It's very recently that I've been dealing with an air and a slight injury because I was training for a marathon. Uh, I got a little bit of a glitch in my piriformis. So. I went through the race. I I don't know that I would advise advise everyone to do this, but, you know, I continued, I continued my training, went through the race, was a little uncomfortable. And then since then have been doing a lot of that maintenance work that I was talking about. I, I have a little bit of a strength issue there because I've always done strength training and I could not fit the strength training in working and doing you know the training for the marathon i've now realized dropping a day or two of running and fitting those strength training the strength training back in is is key i was not my muscles were not strong enough i was trained for running and not strength Mm -hmm. yeah so that's my story i actually just did my first marathon full marathon uh in at the end of may just before my 52nd birthday and then ran this this longer even longer one this past weekend very
0: cool very cool and that's a great lesson um you know obviously you learned it the hard way but it's a great lesson for everyone listening because I've heard a number of people tell me that as far as well as I was ramping up my miles to prepare for a race I stopped the strength training because I just didn't have quote-unquote time and all of a sudden injury set in and it just like the strength training is such an important part of being a healthy runner. And I think people don't truly grasp the importance of it until something happens. Sometimes
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I have done, uh, uh, shall I say research? I've looked into it a lot since, because I know what kind of runner I was prior to training for this marathon. I've lost speed because I used to do a lot of hit, uh, like high intensity training and that, you know, brings strength with it as well. And since I dropped that, my running has declined. So it's, you, you have to find the time. It's important to keep your body strong and, uh, it, it just going to help you in the long run. Yeah.
0: And like you said, you don't need, you, we don't need to run every day and taking a day off of running and doing that strength training instead is not going to hurt any runner by any means. Um, and you know, most people I program for it's program. I have them run for maybe five days a week. I don't even have them running every day and they have great success because we're doing that strength work and that maintenance work also.
1: So that's what I found really interesting about the longer races I've been doing is I have learned something about myself in every single one of them. And it's not really about, you know, my intestinal fortitude. It's okay. You made an error here. You thought you had it. And that's only if I'm going to continue to do, you know, the longer distances, you learn something and you change it, you adjust and you move on. I think for me, the race didn't go as I hoped because of the strength. However, I had zero regrets from doing it because I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's a great, it's a great way to put it. Uh, you know, it's so easy to be upset about the the things we did that caused injuries or cause a bad race. But at the end of the day, if you can learn something from it, then that's a win.
1: Yeah. I think the yogi in me would refu- refuse to say, well, you really screwed that up. Didn't you? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's the way I kind of approach everything is like, well, it didn't go the way you wanted, but what'd you learn from that? And sometimes that's really hard and don't try to do it the day after. And you might need <laughs> right. to take a week, like, what did I learn from that? I didn't learn anything. What? Yeah, but
0: there's always something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And yes, very true. The day after is not the day to do those reflections. No, no. I couldn't even walk the day after,
1: so definitely not was not the best day for me to be reflecting. It was about three
0: days later. But <laughs> well, at least you've learned. Well, Tracy, this has been a really fun conversation. Anything we have not talked about yet that you feel is really important to bring up today?
1: I just going to reiterate what I said before, and that I think it's so important for people who are 40 plus to, okay, sorry, I'm going to rephrase people. All people should be moved, keep moving people who are getting older, losing bone mass, losing muscle mass, please get moving just a little bit. Even if you're just walking around the block a couple of times a week, that's my hope for everyone. I would love to
0: inspire anyone that I could just to keep themselves moving. Awesome very cool. So if anyone has any other questions for you or maybe just wants to follow you where can they find you?
1: So I'm on Facebook, uh Tracy Berry T-R-A-C-E-Y-B-E-R-Y. Um I also have uh, a YouTube channel which is Tracy Berry Lifestyle. Uh I also am on Instagram as Berry sorry, Berry Patch Lifestyle. The, the, the YouTube channel is very much Lifestyle as well. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much again for your time
1: today. This was really fun.
0: Yeah, it was a pleasure
1: for me too. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some great information from it. If you are looking for more great information, I encourage you to go check out GetYourFixPT.com. There you can gain access to blog posts, other podcast interviews, my online programs, And the Race Prep Masterclass, which is for you if you are a chronically injured runner with foot and ankle issues. Once again, that is all at GetYourFixPT.com. And I hope you join us next week for another great episode.